The University of California, San Diego is undergoing a massive transformation. Coinciding with the opening of the new blue trolley line extension, the school is building a massive front door. The idea is to create a cultural hub on campus, functionally inviting all San Diegans to visit. For the San Diego Union Tribune, I'm Daniel Wheaton. And this is your San Diego News Fix. Gary Robbins, you cover education for the Union Tribune, and you're back on today, but about a different school. UCSD is planning on completely revamping the so-called front door of their campus. Why don't you explain how important is this project? Well, it appears to be very important. Um, The university, in its nearly 60 years, has never had a front door. There are a lot of entryways, but uh, none of them are particularly distinctive. So a lot of times uh, when the public's trying to get onto campus and find their way around, it is really confusing. It's confusing often uh, for students as well because the circulation throughout the university isn't particularly clean. Um, And there's a lot of other reasons. The university is growing in an explosive way. Over the past 10 years, they've added almost 11,000 students. They're going to add probably 3,000 more students just in the uh, next uh, three to four years. So they'll be up there around 42,000 students. And it's not just the students that make it crowded. You have to look at everybody. So if you take right now the students and the faculty um, and the uh, staff, uh, they have about 55,000 people uh, at that university. That's nearly the population of National City. So you really have to be concerned about getting people on and off the campus. Parking is a really big problem. People complain about it around the clock. Um, So what the chancellor is doing, Chancellor Pradeep Kolza is saying, all right, let's have a very clear front door in a specific place that becomes iconic. And it's not only used by uh, faculty, staff, and students, but the general public. They're reaching out more to the general public because they haven't had a particularly warm relationship. And that's, it's had a lot of consequence to it. What they're doing is building this Grand Plaza at the um, so-called Pepper Canyon trolley station. So the blue line, as you know, is being extended. There are going to be three spots on or uh, next to the UC San Diego campus. They chose the one in the middle. Most people don't know where Pepper Canyon is. It's near Geisel Library. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's going to be quite nice. It's going to open in late 2021. So what they're doing is putting a really big plaza at the bottom, and they're adding all of these things. There's going to be a very large amphitheater, an outdoor amphitheater. Between the benches and the grass, they'll be able to seat about 3,000 people. The artist Dan Hamilton is going to create a 400-foot-long walkway with raised letters, and those letters will spell out um, uh, famous quotes by famous faculty Mm -hmm. and other prominent people who have been involved with the university. And in something that everybody goes... I don't believe it's true when I say it. <laughs> the university and the, the artist um, Hamilton, they're going to suspend 20 place wings on very long cables from the bottom of the elevated um, uh, trolley trestle. It's meant in some ways as uh, interactive artwork, but it, it's a, these are usable swings. Hmm. They're very low to the ground. They move slowly, and they don't go uh, you know, in a great pendulum. Uh, they're meant to hold several people. They're beautiful. I've seen video of them when she did this in New York. They have been testing uh, these swings in the high bay uh, at the university. So it's meant to be a sense of whimsy, something that will attract a lot of people, perhaps families. The idea there is that a lot of people don't come to campus. If they come, then they uh, begin to understand what it is and they explore. And maybe someday their kid goes there or they go there. So the university is really trying to open up to the public. It's been a problem for a lot of reasons. UC San Diego is kind of a very walled-off university. There's the ocean to the west. There's a freeway to the east. 
There's housing to the south, and there's the golf course and some institutes to the north. Um, so you cannot see easily into the, the heart of the campus, and you don't know where to go. So the chancellor is saying, well, let's exploit public transportation, build something people want to use, make it easy, make it something where they're going to want to linger um, they're going to flank the plaza with almost $800 million in buildings. One of them is called Design and Innovation. So when you kind of roll in on the trolley, you'll be looking into, you can see inside of, this building where makers, students and faculty, are making things like biomedical devices, furniture, um, wearable monitors. So it's meant to engage people. It's meant to be a place to be seen and to hang out. So they're trying to do what is done elsewhere. I mean, Harvard has Harvard Square. Uh, The University of Michigan has State Street. Um, Berkeley has Sather Gate. Uh, These are all identifiable landmarks that help, um, you know, bring people to institutions and, you know, get them to move around. So what were the decisions in UCSD's past that caused it to be so walled off and not as welcoming as many other schools across the nation? Well, Think about the evolution of the of the county. So if you go back to when they began talking about the school in the 1950s, there was not a lot in that part of the county. It was pretty remote space. Much of that land was Camp Matthews, a Marine Corps base where they um, taught people to rifle training. They taught more than a million people. So that particular land was intended to be secluded, to be away from the public. Um, the Scripps Institution of Oceanography existed, but it was down, you know, at the shore. When they said, you know, you know, we need a, a university, they were talking about the future. And in, in those early years, they were focused on just building it, you know, getting it up and going. And then when it did get up and going, there was a lot of tension in the 1960s and the 1970s going into the early 1980s, uh, primarily because of the Vietnam War. The university was a hotspot for political activism. Mm-hmm. There was actually a young man, a student, who set himself on fire in protest of the war and killed himself. That was shocking to the community. A lot of the activism really offended people in a military community. Some people, many people perhaps, saw the university as a place that um, made them angry, that that they didn't want to interact. It began to change in the 1980s when Dick Atkinson became uh, chancellor. He really reached out to the community, especially to the business community. But by that point, the broad outlines of UC San Diego had been laid, mm-hmm. and they didn't do what UC Irvine did. Or Irvine put a perimeter road mostly around their campus, so it was very kind of like if you knew nothing else, you knew the perimeter. And then the center of UC Irvine is a big ring, and everything is built around the ring, and it's all very logical and easy to find your way around. Uh, at the, the campus here at San Diego, you know, it's spread over – uh, a coastal mesa, there are canyons, there's a lot of different types of terrain, and no one actually kind of put a rope around it, so to speak. And when they built the initial roads, you know, they were kind of meandering roads, and they didn't connect the, the university, and there never was a really clear center. So then, to my way of thinking, there were real planning problems in the early years of the university. They did know that UC San Diego was going to become big. The plan was always for it to be 27,000, 29,000 students. And then it exploded and actually is now uh, almost 39,000 students. So you had this walled-off geography. You had this attitude that wasn't particularly warm with the public during its early years. And you had some planning issues. Um, They've addressed a lot of them, but no one has gone, like, where's the door? Where's the... Where is the iconic door? 
If you go into North Point Road, a lot of people come along North Torrey Pines Road, and they see those two residential towers. They're kind of bland, and you drive past them, and then it's the athletic fields, and then you come to a T in the road, which you think, well, is this the center of the university? But if you look to your right, it's the San Diego Supercomputer Center, which is a very imposing, cold building that almost screams, go away. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of parking, but not much. Dead ahead of you is Geisel Library, which is a gem. There's very little parking. If you go to your left, there's a grove that goes down to Jacobs School of Engineering, which is wonderful, but there's very little parking. If you go down that hill, it becomes all these kind of tangled arteries of roads. So it's confusing. I asked students, what would you tell someone if you were saying to your parents or friends who had never been to campus, how do you get there? And then how do you find them on campus? Because it's a huge campus. And they said, Google Maps. It shouldn't have to take Google Maps to have a front door and to find your way around a university. So um, Chancellor Pradeep-Kosla has been really directing forward in saying that this will kind of transform UCSD to be more of a cultural and community center for San Diego. I think you would see a live, learn, play community out here. I think you would see a community that is yet one more destination in San Diego for a whole lot of art and culture. And I think you will see a university that is firmly grounded in San Diego and contributing very significantly to the economy and to the cultural life in this city. So does he have the support and buy-in from the wider university community, or is there any tension there? I think he has mostly buy-in. I think the university has been maturing, and I think they've come to recognize something. A lot of faculty complain about the public. They say the public doesn't give them enough money. Uh, They point to the fact that state funding has gone down. But as that state funding went down, you know, the amount that they give for the support of students, the public didn't rally in protest. They didn't say, you shouldn't do that to to the legislature. I think that happened in part because the public saw the university as already being rich. They saw it as a remote place. They saw it as a place that didn't particularly welcome them. I think they picked up on this vibe from the faculty that, um, you know, we want you to support us, but, you know, essentially leave us alone. Now, there are tremendous faculty at at UC San Diego. There are a lot of people who are very grateful for what they have. Um, But I still hear this tone where people are angry and they say, oh, they, you know, they don't give us that much. And it's, it's incorrect. Um, the university actually gets more than a billion dollars a year at UC San Diego from the from the public. Most of it, most of it is government grants. Then, when you step back for a second, you realize that you know all the road work that's going on. You know how, how they did the Genesee um, interchange. Um, that was an extraordinary public uh, contribution. The um, trolley line is an extraordinary public contribution. The loans that are made to the university go through a lot of public facilities. It's not, it's not always obvious. So when you look at what the public actually gives to UC San Diego, it's extraordinary. And I think Koza is saying to his faculty and everybody else, appreciate it. Reach out. Welcome people. Make the place not only welcome to visitors from the county, but make it a tourist attraction. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, Harvard Yard is a tourist attraction. Uh, Ann Arbor, where uh, Michigan is, is a tourist attraction. They accommodate it, 
Yeah, football stadiums all across. Oh my God, the Big Ten. Uh, look at Ohio State, North Northwestern, which occasionally wins. Um, all these um, at the Big Ten universities, they are so welcoming of the public. Um, it, it feels time for UC San Diego to be like that. So how confident do you think Kosla and others are that this will truly change the image of UCSD to be more welcoming? Is that kind of the end goal? It is a very big goal. The university spends a lot of money on marketing. It's an odd thing about UC San Diego. It is the seventh largest research university in America. It brings in $1.2 billion in research. It's done. It entered, it's been in the top 10 since 1993. Yet beyond Southern California, it is actually not widely known to the public because it is primarily a research school. They want to be better known, but they've never developed that social culture. Students and faculty call it the University of California for the socially dead. It's just because it's just they haven't created that social atmosphere. But things are changing. And, you know, I saw them change at UC Irvine. When they opened their brand event center, I think it was in 86, 87, beautiful basketball uh, spot. And I remember it was Utah State that came and played in the first game. And a bunch of students were sitting behind the basket and every time someone shot uh, a free throw, the students would yell, block that kick, block that kick. So there was a sense of humor that is taken off at Irvine. And, you know, there's that real communal feel. And, and in Orange County, the, universi- the people of Orange County own that university. There's a very deep feeling. In San Diego County, they own San Diego State University. That's the hometown university you drive around this county, you see flags everywhere, everybody's wearing T-shirts, there's a lot of love, and it, it's not just because of football. It's because the university is open. You can see it from the southbound 8. They have a big billboard on the freeway saying, come, welcome. Um, UC San Diego is trying to develop that sense and sensibility. I think they're going to do it. If they cash in on what um, Coza is thinking, particularly the amphitheater, where you know, people come and in a beautiful plaza setting, surrounded by the beauty of a big university, I, I think that will appeal to the masses. Uh, the, they're also putting a restaurant right next to it. So you'll have a reason to stay, have a drink, have a meal, listen to music, and then interact with the university as it should be. It seems like it's something that San Diego kind of struggles with, with the exception of Balboa Park, of having those spaces that are truly communal seems to be something that we always attempt but never quite succeed in doing. I agree with you and disagree with you. Last night around 5.30, 6 o'clock, I was at Ocean Beach, the Republic of Ocean Beach. And a tourist from Texas asked me where to go look at for, for a few things. And I found, my, I found myself running on about, oh, you had to go to Point Loma uh, to see the tide pools and go to the university and go to Balboa Park and go to the gas lamp. I think community in San Diego is where you're standing. It's in, in it's in it's among us as individuals. We it's love, in pockets, yes. Yes. We love San Diego and we talk it up. I, I mean, I don't hear people generally running down San Diego. So it's it's O B, it's Pacific Beach, it's neighborhoods in Point Loma, it's parts of La Jolla, um, it's Encinitas. Well, Encinitas is outside the city, but North Park. You know, people your age are always talking about North Park, South Park. You're wearing a South Park T-shirt. So it is communities. I don't think that we always see ourselves as a whole, but we're spread out over a geographic area that's very large and it's very diverse. There are mountains and canyons and seashore. Um, 
and we don't have the transportation history of other places. Mm-hmm. I went to college in Boston. Everybody uses the T, uh, the subways and the, and the trolleys. Uh, you know, you can be from MIT to Harvard in minutes. I think that people will develop that culture. And I think because of how transportation is occurring and uh, changing. So we have our public transportation networks. We have ride sharing, which has exploded. And we have e-scooters, e-skateboards, e-bikes. I met Roger Scholey, our former uh, business writer, yesterday. And here he is riding down Broadway on a, on a bright red jump bike with a little pouch in the front, you know. And he says, oh, you know, I can get around town today for less than $3. Mm-hmm. Um, and the city itself, as you know, has been talking about allowing higher density buildings near public transportation. I think that's going to change the psychology of San Diego, uh, the way we we think about moving about a really large area. Certainly. It seems like not just UCSD, but the entire region is at the cusp of a massive transformation that will truly change our culture, but we're still in the early stages. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where you kind of feel it before you know it, but I definitely feel it. All right, Gary Robbins, thank you so much. Thanks. In other news, legislation meant to curtail short-term rentals along San Diego County's coast has passed another hurdle. The bill has won approval in the state assembly, and it now heads to the state senate. It's written by Encinitas Assemblywoman Tasha Berner Horvath, and it prevents a residential property from being listed on Airbnb and other platforms for more than 30 days a year unless a full-time resident is present. It's estimated that nearly 14,000 short-term rentals are on several online platforms. Thanks for listening to the San Diego News Fix, which goes live weekdays at 5 p.m. Check out some of our other podcasts, too. The Conversation features topical interviews with newsmakers, and Hot Lava is our podcast about all things Padres. Go to sandiegounionchibune.com slash podcasts for more.